everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that we can come today to church, to our high school uh, youth group here. Just as we are, Lord, that we can come and know that we can find forgiveness with you, we can find purpose for our lives, we can find um, just the joy of being able to walk with you. And I pray that for each student in this room right now, that they would have a lot of joy in their walk with you, they would realize uh, just the blessing it is to know you, to follow you, uh, and to trust you. So I pray that you would help us to do that today. Thanks for our time to open your word together. Praise in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Thank you. Um, I am not Pastor Brian. I am Pastor Nathan Kersak. Brian is, I think he's in Chicago. Does anybody know for sure? I think Brian is in Chicago. But um, good to be with you guys. Uh, I, I share an office wall with Brian. So I have my church office right here, and then Brian Aruju is on the other side of me. Sometimes, don't, Brian doesn't know this, but I'm going to tell you guys. Sometimes I can hear Brian singing along to whatever he's got in his, his ears, right? He's, he's got his off, he, he's got his door closed or something. I can hear him sometimes. And I'm like, oh, nice, Brian. Anyway, don't tell him I said that. I want him to keep it going because it's kind of fun for me. But uh, I'm the missions pastor here. I got my credentials today. They gave us these a couple months ago, and I've, I guess I'm supposed to wear this. So, yeah. I'm not looking for applause. No, no, come on now. Uh, I am excited to be with you, though. I guess if you want to clap, I can't stop you. Okay, um, always excited to spend time with the high school at Maranatha because I, too, was once in high school at Maranatha Bible Church. I was part of the first ever youth group, the Maranatha High School group. Um, In case you were wondering what people looked like in 1997, here's what people looked like in 1997. Uh, and, and pictures were grainy like that back then, too. But I want you guys to know something. You look good now, okay? I'm looking around the room. You guys look good now. But you will laugh someday at what you look like right now. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember back 2023, we looked like that and everything. You'll laugh about it, okay? Um, but uh, we all have regrets along the way, right? We wish we could have done things differently. And uh, I think that's kind of what the series that you guys have been in is about. Killjoys is the series title, right? And so uh, Brian told me about what you're doing. He's like, yeah, things that steal our joy. And we're walking through all these different sins and things like that. And I was like, man, that's really good for a high schooler to go through, to, to see, you know, I mean, it's hard. Being a high schooler is hard, I know. Um, trying to, oh, it's so hard to be, be cool, be... Um, you know, think about your future, getting ready for whatever's next, trade school or college or working or whatever you're going to do, um, just trying to, you know, get through it. I get, I get how hard it can be, uh, but Killjoys, as, as I understand it, this series has just been about uh, things that can take away your joy from your walk with the Lord. I want to help you with a specific one today. We have a Killjoy today, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. You got to figure it out, okay? I have a couple of fictional High school examples, fictional high schoolers. These are not real high schoolers. These are fictional people. And I'm going to read some examples to you, see if you can figure out who it is. All right, the first one is Taylor. Taylor. Fictional, okay? She's not a real high schooler. Just just some name, just picture some girl named Taylor. She's in high school, right? (laughs) Um, Taylor wakes up every morning with an expectation that people are going to mess 
up her day. It happens. Every time somebody messes up her day, she's late for school because of the dumb drivers in front of her don't know what they're doing, right? Uh, She uh, doesn't do so well on her first test at school because the teacher doesn't teach the class very well. They just, they're not good at it, right? She goes to lunch. All of her friends, they're just clueless as to how she's doing because they don't ask her any questions about her day. Uh, Her one friend had a golden opportunity to help her out with some homework. She needed some help with it. Her friend could help her. Didn't do anything about it. It just seems like the people, the circumstances in her life are out to get her. Okay, so that's example number one. Fictional high schooler number two, we'll call him Tom. Not Peter, it's Tom, (laughs) okay? Fictional, it's just totally fictional, all right. So Tom, Tom thinks his family is the weirdest and worst family out there. Seems like everything his dad does is dumb. His mom is way too involved with his personal stuff. His siblings couldn't be more annoying. When he's at home and he's around his family, it's very difficult to stay composed because everything they do gets on his nerves, Okay, he can't believe how hard his family makes things for him. And on top of all that, he's walking away from his family. He's going into his room. He hits his toe on the bed frame, and he's just so. What do you think? What's the killjoy in these situations? What is the killjoy for Taylor and for Tom? What do we got? What is it? Perspective. Perspective. I think I see where you're coming from on that. Max, what do you got? Anger. Anger. Oh. Everybody let, out a, everybody let out an anger. When you get angry, let's hear it. What does it sound like to you? <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Uh, Max, you're absolutely right. It is anger. Anger is the answer. Um, <laughs> is anybody angry right now? Do we like have a, maybe we have another case study right in front of us in this room. You're just so mad. At, it's Sunday morning. There's donuts. Oh. Yeah, so mad. Okay. Um, So anger is one of the seven deadly sins, but what is anger? What is it? Is it just like that grr sound? Like it's just a feeling, or what is it? Let's talk about some definitions of anger. Uh, In the Killjoys book that you guys have been going through, there's a chapter by Jonathan Parnell. You'll see it up on the screen. He gives a definition. He says, anger isn't merely a sin that causes chaos. It's an emotion. That's interesting. It's an emotion that is indicative of some indicative, sorry, of something deeper. Something in the subconscious desires of the human heart. Whoa. Okay. I I actually really like that definition. Uh, when you step on the Lego that somebody left on the floor and you're just happy to we were wearing bare feet. You got no socks on to cushion your the blow, right? It's the it's one of the, the four by twos, it's the block, it's got sharp jagged ed- edges, and you're walking and you step on that thing, and that you you're angry that it happened. What is it revealing? Well, you're angry about the circumstance. Somebody left a Lego <laughs> that, that caused you pain. It's indicative of something deeper, something in the subconscious desires of the human heart. So you want a comfortable life. The Lego leads to an uncomfortable life, and it leads to you being upset about it, right? This is the kind of thing we're talking about. Something that affects our circumstances in a way we don't like, right? Uh, another definition from Ed Welch is up on the screen here. He says, anger specializes in... in- Uh, It should be indicting, sorry. Indicting others, but is like, you know, to point the finger at them. But is unskilled at both self-indictment and love. So anger 
is specializes in focusing on others, but it's, it's not very good at looking at yourself. You see other people's faults pretty easily. You see how they are guilty of making your life worse, right? You're like, oh, you, you did it. Um, but we don't often get angry at ourselves, or at, at uh, yeah, at ourselves, or out of a sense of love for others. Think about it. Think about for you. The things that make you angry, is it something that relates to you, or is it something that relates to others? It doesn't often relate to others. It's about you. It's about what you want. Um, does your anger typically accomplish something good or loving? Not often. All right, one more definition, and then we'll get into some scripture uh, here. But from Tim Keller, who just recently passed away, sadly. Uh, Pastor Tim Keller says this. In its uncorrupted origin, anger is actually a form of love. Wait a second. Is that, is that a typo on the screen? How can anger be love? You think of anger, you don't think of something that's loving. But he's saying in its uncorrupted origin, anger is actually a form of love. What he means is that we get angry when things we love are threatened. And anger is like our attempt to try to uh, do something about it, to protect the things that we love. Uh, so usually, if we're honest, our, our love is what we want. We're so excited about what we want. We love what we want. So when that's threatened, we get angry about it. I hope that makes sense uh, to you. I just think those are some good definitions to, to set up our, our scripture passages today. Um, because we get so focused on what we want. Um, I hate to do this, but I'm going to tell you guys the things that make me angry. I hate to do it because I'm embarrassed, right? You're like, you're the pastor. You're up front. You got the staff thing on. You, what, what, you get angry too? Yes, I get angry. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry to say I do, but uh, all of us get angry about some things. I don't know what your things are. Things that make me angry. I'll tell you a few of them. I get angry when people make my life harder. Things like bad drivers. Arr, bad drivers, you know? It's like, come on. Figure it out. Um, I, I'm, I'm really embarrassed to say this one. I get angry when my team loses a big game. It, like, affects me. I'm like, who, it's a game. It's a TV. It's a, who cares? It's just a bunch of guys running around. Uh, but I get angry when my team loses a game. Uh, I get angry when people don't do the things that they're supposed to do, like, uh, like if I see somebody littering or something like that. I'm like, what are you doing? Come on, you're making my life, you're putting trash all over the place. Um, you have your own triggers, don't you? Things that make you angry. I want you to try to picture it right now. Be honest with yourself. What kind of things make you angry? We all have our own things that make us angry. Think about it. Um, so we're going to get to some Bible passages that help us in what we should do, thankfully. Um, anger is mentioned over 500 times in Scripture. 500 times. We're going to start with the first, and we're going to get through all 500 today. No, I'm just kidding. We won't get to all of them, but we will get to some key ones. Actually, there's, there's so many, we can't even cover all the highlights, but I, I'm always serious about ending on time. Don't get nervous. We will end on time. Um, but we can provide some helpful passages for you that will help us deal with anger. That's my goal. As you walk out of these doors today, that you would have a biblical view of anger and, and have some, some ways to work through your anger. So we're going to start in Genesis 4. If you want to turn to Genesis 4. But uh, on the screen, I'll start with a, a verse in Psalm. Uh, the Psalms, verse, chapter 7, verse 11. While we're finding Genesis 4, if you're finding Genesis 4. But starting out with Gen uh, Psalm 7, 11, it says this. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. 
indignation, another form of anger, right? God gets angry. So wait a second. Can it be wrong? Is anger wrong? Is it, is it a sin or not? What's the deal with it? Well, it can't be wrong if God gets angry, right? Um, so I, I, that's why I like Tim Keller's definition, because anger is actually a form of love. God loves justice, so when he sees injustice, it's a righteous anger, that kind of thing. Um, but let's look at Genesis 4 and see what we need to guard against so that anger doesn't steal our joy or kill our joy. Uh, Genesis 4 is right at the beginning of the Bible, beginning of human relationships. People are getting angry right at the beginning, <laughs> right at the beginning of the Bible. We have this example. So uh, Genesis 4, I'm going to start reading 3 through 7. It's up on the screen as well. Uh, about Cain and Abel. It says this, verse 3, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, or its desire is for you, it's to have you. But you must rule over it. You must rule over it. All right. If we go back to the uh, first slide of Genesis 4, please. Thank you. What is it that makes, uh, thank you, that makes Cain angry? Why is he angry? If we're looking at the, the passage there. He was very, he wasn't just angry. He was very angry. What do we got? Yeah. Yeah, why was he jealous? What made him jealous? Yeah, yep, um, absolutely. God favored his gift. But then God asks, why are you angry? Does God not know the answer? Of course, God knows the answer to that, right? Why would God ask that? God knows the answer. He knows everything. Um, God knows what you're thinking right now. God knows whether you're paying attention right now. God knows. <laughs> um, but God asked the question because he wants Cain to see the root of his sin. It's the root. Anger is the emotion, but what causes the emotion? Something that's deeper. When anger reveals something, but it's that, like you said, Cain was not happy that Abel was accepted and he was not. So the, re the root of anger, the reason Cain was angry is because he did not do well. So yeah, God favored Abel, but Cain realizes it, it, that, that, yeah, he, he's, he doesn't have a good look in this whole thing. So uh, Cain is angry. Now what? What does the Lord say to him in the last part of the passage in, uh, in verse 7? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Anger wants to take control. When you get angry, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, it wants to control what you say and you do. We all have had that feeling, right? Something happens. Somebody says something. Something happens. And you feel it inside, right? It's like, I don't know, The Incredible Hulk. Like, what, what's, what's happening with The Incredible Hulk? But when, uh, when, is it when he's, like, angry and he just, like, gets all green and then he, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> you guys are looking at me and I'm like, Incredible Hulk, anybody? Okay. Um, and so, yeah, like, anger wants to control what you say and do. That's dangerous. 
That's really dangerous. <laughs> so what happens if it goes unchecked? You get this feeling and it's boiling up and you're like, ah, and then you say or do something. What happens uh, if it goes unchecked? Proverbs 29.11, I think we have it on the screen. Proverbs 29.11 says this, a fool gives full vent to his spirit or his anger, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Anger is very dangerous, like very dangerous. Because think about it. It makes you do things. It makes you curse. <laughs> Anger makes you curse, right? It makes you say things you shouldn't say. It, it makes you, um, when you're calm, you're a different person than when you're angry. It leads to things like drivers having road rage, you know? They're so upset they got cut off, and they're, they're anger, and they do these crazy things. It leads to people yelling like animals. If you're angry, you'll just yell like an animal, uh, it leads to people throwing punches, even killing people. Um, and, and so Jesus recognizes this. He teaches about anger. Listen to how Jesus connects anger and murder. Matthew 5, 21 through 22, I'll read it for you. Jesus says this, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Whoa. Jesus takes anger pretty seriously. Uh, in 1 John 3.15, the Apostle John connects the idea of, of anger and murder again. Listen to this, 1 John 3.15. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in Anybody in here ever murdered someone? Ever, like, anybody, uh, and, how, and, and before I ask that, how did you do it? You got to tell us how you did it. How did you kill the person? What did you use? Did you use, like, a weapon? Did you use your bare hands? Like, if you've killed someone, I just, we want to hear how you did it, not just that you did it, but how did you do it? So any murderers, show of hands, any murderers? Back row, anybody, anybody back there? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so, oh, you don't know how nervous I was to ask that question. I was, uh, you guys saved me from making some phone calls. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no actual murderers in here. Whew. Uh, so that's a relief. But why do Jesus and John make the connection of murdering with anger? I mean, is that, is, is, is that like the ultimate? Like you actually kill someone, you're so mad. Um, Good morning. Yes. How you doing? Are you recording me or are you watching videos or what's going on? Okay. All right. I've been there. You're not alone. Uh, hey, I'm glad this guy has his Bible app open to the correct chapter and verse. Yes. Good work, Max. All right. He's not playing games. You want to know where we are in the Bible, you look at Max Siegfried. All right. Um, <laughs> so, Jesus and John connect this idea of murder with anger, but why? Because of what Proverbs teaches. It says, a fool will give full vent to his spirit, to his anger. So if anger goes unchecked, if, if when, when what you love is threatened and you act on it, it really just depends on your level of self-control. Right? Let's say somebody walks up to you and they just, they just smack you in the face. 
That would make me angry. If somebody did that to me, somebody walked up to me and said, hey, (laughs) I would be angry. So what happens? I feel anger inside, but my level of self-control is going to stop me. So if if I say something, if I call a name, or if I curse, or if I do something, So where does my self-control lead? Where does it stop me? Or maybe I want to do something. Maybe I want to slap them back, huh? Because that's that's my level of self-control. Or if you have no level of self-control, you could go into a full rage, and that's when somebody kills someone out of of, uh, cold blood or whatever they call it, right? Um, So, yeah, it, it could be internal. You get angry. It could lead to something external where you say something. You could do something. But if you go into attack mode, what is stopping you? You see how dangerous anger can be? If you don't have anything stopping you, that's dangerous. Serious business. So here's a hard truth that we got to deal with. If you're in this room right now, if you can hear the sound of my voice, if you are um, with us all today, you're going to always struggle with anger in some way. All of us. I'm 44 years old. I still struggle with it. I didn't like outgrow it. Um, the rest of your life, you're going to struggle with anger. So what we need to do is figure out how do we deal with it? How do we deal with anger? You're not going to solve it. You're not going to get away from it, but you can learn to process it well. So that's what we're going to talk about here. Just some application. It is not easy, but it is so helpful. So I'm going to give you guys some clear steps to do uh, that are not easy steps, but they're very helpful. So we're going to do that. Um, first of all, when you get angry, take a moment before you do or say anything. It's not easy. Not easy. Uh, ask yourself, what is it that I really want? Is it a selfish desire or a godly desire? Would God be angry about the things I'm angry about? So, I mean, we, we're going back to like preschool. Maybe you learned in preschool, when you get angry, count to 10. Did anybody ever tell you that? When you get angry, count to 10. Does, it, does anybody actually do that? Do you, does that work out? Like, I actually think that's not half bad advice. I think it's good. But the goal is not counting to 10. It's not like, when you get angry, you need to review how to count to 10, because numbers and, are really important at that time. No, the counting to 10 has nothing to do. You don't need to review and remember how to count. Um, it's all about giving you a moment to process. Look at the Proverbs verse again. Proverbs 29, 11. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. That last phrase is what we want to focus on here. We talked about the full vent, the danger of the full vent. You're just going to do things. You're going to be turned into somebody else. The Incredible Hulk, you're going to say things, do things you, don't, you shouldn't do. So we know about the full vent. We've all been there. But what about a a wise man? What does he do? He quietly holds it back. So if you take a moment, count to 10, whatever, count to five, do something else. Like um, whatever holding it back looks like to you. But when you feel that rush, I don't like this. Somebody did something to you. You found something out. Something happened to you. Oh, I don't like it. Don't make acting on it an option. Don't make acting on it. Just don't say anything. Don't do anything right away. When you feel that inside, train yourself, self-control, to hold it back, to say, okay, let's, let's just stop for a second. 
Don't make yelling, cursing, attacking an option. Train yourself. Take a moment to respond after you've kind of asked yourself these questions. What is it I really want? Is it selfish? Would God feel the same way? Would God get angry about this? Getting a godly perspective will help us with our second application on the screen here. Act and speak with love. So first thing, you're holding it back. You're you're not acting right away. You feel that anger. You you train yourself. Have self-control. Ask yourself, what is it that I want? Would God want the same thing? So it's a quick perspective, right? And then, after you have that perspective, then you can act and speak with love for other people. We mess up. I mess up all the time. I don't want people to respond to me in anger. Let's respond with love. That's how people, I would want people to respond to me. Um, so the goal is loving the right things. Like we said before, God has righteous anger. We can have righteous anger. But if we stop and we, we hold it back and we consider things, then, then maybe it is righteous anger that we have. If, if we love what God loves, injustice means you see things that shouldn't happen. You get angry about it. Well, good. Um, but you use your actions and your attitudes to keep on loving. You ask God to deal with those things that are, that are wrong. But if it's an offense to you, if it's something that made your life harder, something that made you uncomfortable, give that over to the Lord and just choose to act and speak with love. Um, let's practice this. I have a, I'm going to uh, describe a situation for you guys, and we're going to practice how to deal with the anger that we feel, right? All right. So picture, you have been working hard. You've been saving up your cold, hard cash, right? And you are ready to buy these shoes that you, you just love these shoes. They're like the coolest shoes you've seen. You just, you've been waiting for these shoes. You love them. You've been saving up. They're kind of expensive. Okay, so you save and you buy these shoes and you're so happy to have them and you're wearing them for the first time. And uh, somebody you know, they're walking over to you. They got this big old chocolate milkshake in their hands, right? And the lid is kind of loose, and they're just like, hey, and they're walking over. And they strip, and they spill their chocolate milkshake. Where? Right on the new shoes. The new, cool, awesome, expensive shoes. So what happens? You, uh, you're in the moment. What do you want to do? What do you want to do in that moment? Yeah, like I said, it's the first time you've worn them. It's like, all right, chocolate milkshake, bleh, right all over them. What do you want to do? You want to yell? Do you want to react? Do you want to do something, say something to them? What do you want? Um, if we're applying Proverbs, if we're holding it back, we have a moment to think, okay, it was an accident, right? This person didn't mean it. I don't think they did. We have to assume the, the best, right? Love hopes all things, 1 Corinthians 13. They didn't mean to take their milkshake and aim it like, <laughs> no, they didn't want to do that. It was an accident, okay? They probably feel terrible. Um, it can wash out, maybe. Has anybody ever had chocolate milkshake on their shoes? Does it wash out? I don't know. We didn't, we didn't test this before this morning. I should have tested it and let you know. But maybe it'll wash out. Um, but think about this. The person who spilled the milkshake all over your shoes is way more important than a pair of shoes, right? The person themselves is way more important than a pair of shoes that are going to get old, they're going to wear out, they're going to go out of style, they're not going to be as cool as you think they are forever. Uh, so knowing that, a calm, loving response is so much easier, right? If you just, okay, they spill right in your shoes, you have that, in, that in, inner, like, 
desire to, oh, I'm angry about this. So you just take a moment. What is it that I really love? Well, I want to love the person more than I love the shoes. And so you say, yeah, that's okay. That's all right. I'll just wash it off. Hey, sorry about your milkshake. That's a godly response, right? That's a great response to have. Uh, that's why I have entitled this lesson this morning, Sorry About Your Milkshake. That's, what, uh, that's, that's, that's where this has all been going. This whole time has led up to this moment. <laughs> do, you, do you guys clap for Brian all the time? This is kind of fun. I kind of like this. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, so, um, no, I want to close how we always close. We want to close in prayer. But what I'm going to pray about is for the moments that are coming in your life where you will be tempted to get angry and act on it. I'm going to pray specifically for those things in your life to where you're like this, whatever your trigger is, the thing that makes you angry, that you would just be able to hold it back, have self-control, think about what you're truly valuing in your heart. Is this the thing that God loves? Is this the thing that, that, that's a selfish desire? Is it godly? And then to act with love. I'm going to pray for that. Um, so I'm going to pray that you would respond calmly and lovingly and that anger wouldn't steal your joy, wouldn't kill your joy. Uh, it's so dangerous. So let's pray. Uh, Lord, thank you for today. Uh, each person in this room I know struggles with anger, and I struggle with anger. And Lord, this is going to be around for a while. And so we have a lot of years left, and Lord, we want to uh, just give our anger over to you. Uh, we know that this is as old as human history. We think about Cain and Abel, and Lord, you are the one who spoke to Cain. Uh, and we know that we're talking to you now, and, and this is just a timeless thing. And uh, Lord, we just pray that uh, we would obey what Proverbs says about holding back our anger. We would ob obey what you said to Cain, that, um, that it's knowing that sin desires to have us, but we must have control over it. Lord, help us to have self-control in our anger. Uh, help us to be honest about the things that we love, and when they're threatened, Lord, help us to respond with love. Help us to respond with just giving it to you. So, Lord, there are moments coming for each person in this room where they're going to be tempted and struggle with what to say and what to do when something makes them angry. Lord, would you please help us? Help us to have self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, help us to see things the way you see things. Help us to hold back and then to respond with love uh, in our words and our actions. Lord, you can help us do this. So uh, save us from a lot, of, uh, a lot of regret and a lot of um, just... Uh, just unfortunate things that could happen. Save us from that by teaching us to control our anger. Uh, Lord, I pray for your blessing on each person in this room. I, I think about school getting done, finishing up for this past week for a lot of people in here. And Lord, help them to use their time for you. I pray that we wouldn't waste time, that we would uh, do good things, that we would be part of the things that are happening uh, here at Maranatha, things that were announced. Uh, help us use our free time, our private time, uh, just all, we know all of our time is yours. So help us with that too. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks everybody. Have a good week.